We are live, day three of the City of Smag podcast, live from Des Moines. Uh, it's getting, it's actually pretty nice out right now. It's ended early, so this podcast is going to be up by like six o'clock, I think, uh, six o'clock Central Time. I'm joined with a bigger panel this time around. Last time it was just Kevin and I after day one. We didn't record after day two because I had to go do the podcast with the Tin Men, but we're going to here to recap day three. I'm joined by Kevin Liao again, Pat Price. What's up? And uh, Nicole Bush. Hey. <laughs> Nicole making a return to the to Des Moines, the site of the 2013 U.S. title that you won. What's it like, I guess, being back? Uh, no, it's fun. I get to see people that I haven't seen in a while because you know, I haven't been on the track in a while. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's nice. It's interesting to see it from this side, but not quite as fun. It's it's fun. It's just not as fun. Yeah, is it weird to, I guess, uh, like, where were you for the steeple final today? Um, mostly by the water pit and then by the finish. <laughs> <laughs> was it, so what about it was weird, just, I guess, with the, is it because, I guess, the event has just evolved so much in the last five years, where last time we were here, there was no Emma. Courtney was still in high school, possibly? Yeah. I think so. Uh, and now they come out here and they run these crazy fast times. I guess we'll we'll start with the women's steeplechase final. So what did you make of just the race that was on the track today? Um, this is weird when we're not doing it looking at each other. Um, <laughs> on, the, on the computer. Um, I thought that it would turn out where Emma and Courtney ran away from everybody. Um, it was really cool to see Courtney make one last surge to be like I might do it um I think moving forward it could get more interesting it's already getting more interesting with the two of them but when you have Courtney closing that gap and Colleen healthy it could be very very interesting and it might not be Emma winning five six seven straight so Kevin you did the looked it up you looked at the results of the 2017 World Championships, and then today's race. This is the closest it's ever been? I believe it's the closest between the two of them, yeah. Um, Emma won at Worlds by like a second and a half, and today it was under a second. Um, and that last lap was interesting. I mean, we it seemed like, you know, Emma certainly made a surge for her to go, and then Courtney covered it, and I thought, man, like, is she going to have a shot there at the end? But it seemed like Emma was still, I think, superior over the barriers in that ended up i think being the difference pat what'd you make of the race we were sitting together it was fun before the race we both picked emma to win so we weren't wrong sure i, I think w we all knew it was going to be between these two i think we you have to give the nod to emma because she's done it so many times but i think today like you were just saying uh courtney ferrix is really showing that she is coming for she's not going to just let em emma win every time so i think behind that of course as nicole mentioned these two did run away from each other, but Mel Lawrence finishing third, that's probably her strongest finish since high school, maybe. Um, Shalea Kip fourth, Emily Orr in fifth, so Megan Rowland sixth. So certainly some new faces kind of coming in there, but pretty obvious these two are the cream of the crop. And, and without uh, Colleen Quigley and Stephanie Garcia out there today, it was pretty apparent who the dominant were. Yeah. And actually, we chatted with Shalea Kip really, really briefly after the race because I found it to be really interesting just based off her Twitter that she is, I think, in grad school right now, 
and is He's like an assistant in a research lab. Yeah, out in Colorado, yeah. and then is now going to move to Canada. Vancouver for a PhD program, which is like a total change. I mean, it's a new, different country, uh, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the, the politics guy here. <laughs> uh, We're in a trade war with them. Yeah, so... so all right, keep the politics out of it, Leo. Um, so, yeah, she's moving to Canada. I think she said it's still up in the air whether or not she's going to be coached by Mark Whitmore. I just thought it was really interesting that someone could be so busy and still maintain, like, a very strong showing, I guess, on the track. Yeah. Um, I mean, so just, just have that motivation to go out and run at 6 a.m., like she mentioned to us. I mean, that's not easy. I think it's. I think some personalities are a little bit more inclined to be able to do that sort of thing yeah. like i'm like if i get too busy i'm like ah shit but like it makes total sense to me that she's, she's been busy from what i understand like the whole time so yeah. i don't know it just seems like for her it's probably going to be a little different but also kind of the same thing yeah. pat i love i like bringing you on the show because you bring the hot takes <laughs> so in your in your eyes do you think it's really easy to insert just uh Colleen into that third spot or like Steph Garcia into that third spot is that gap that was there in between the race just like okay that's where they would have been right there well I think if you look at just the times alone uh, the, the third place time L. Lawrence running 9.33.30 if you look at what uh, Steph Garcia and of course Colleen Quigley have run they are a little bit faster than that so th- that next group to bridge that gap something really has to happen I think right now those four are certainly the, the cream of the crop I think going forward, someone you didn't see today was Ali Ostrander, who has never really been tested in the steeple. She's, you know, kind of run away with races in college. But if you put her in a race like this, I think she'd make herself, uh, put herself in the mix. And even with a quickly in there, I wouldn't count out Ali O in years to come. Yeah, next year is a championship year and, of course, Olympic year in 2020. So I think the writing's on the wall for if you want to be on that team, you're going to have to run closer to nine minutes. And then in, even in these championship situations, run, you know, 9.15, 9.20. It was a warm day today. And for those two to go 9.17, 9.18, that's, that's no small feat. I think that we should not sleep on Mel Lawrence also. There we go. <laughs> the hot takes. Uh, so that was the women's steeplechase race. Played out very similar to what we expected. Shout out to our sponsor for the day one uh, podcast Olive Garden. They came through and gave Courtney Frerichs and her whole entire family a free meal. When you're here, your family. Exactly. Use promo code Cityist twenty for twenty percent off your order at Olive Garden. Just tell free the free breadsticks. Free breadsticks. That's the big deal. Unlimited. So what ended up happening was Courtney Frerichs got a free meal out of Olive Garden. Now you can too. Just use the promo code uh, and check it out. So let's move on to the men's race. Uh, the men's steeplechase. It didn't tomorrow. happen today. My brain is fried. Oh my! Oh man! Didn't happen. Uh, we'll go ahead and say Evan Jagger FTW. <laughs> we were gonna have our graphics ready for that one. Um, all right. So the other final was the 400 hurdles. Men. Liao, what were your thoughts? I <laughs> oh man, this is. I'll go ahead and take the 400 men's hurdles because <laughs> my main man, Kenny Selman, last oh, race right. in the Tar Heel uniform, took the big W after his runner-up finish at NCAAs, which was his only loss of the season, rounded it out last race essentially as a collegian. That's going to look good when the pros come shopping. 
What did he say after the race? You talked to him for a bit. I did talk to him for a bit. He was, uh, of course, very thankful to wear the Tar Heel uniform, as we all were or were not. <laughs> uh, but he was happy, of course, for running a great race, having it all come together. Uh, anytime you win a national championship, you're excited. Beat a great field. Uh, Bershawn Jackson, a legend. Um, and now it's let's find a pro deal. Let's go to Europe. Let's do the thing. Now, Pat, I have a question. Is there an advantage for a Tar Heel athlete on the light blue colored track? This has a little bit of a darker tinge than I would like, but with the way they change jerseys all the time now, you could definitely spin this into a you know an afternoon Tar Heel blue. So I yes, he did have an advantage. I want your best Tar Heel running story. Like what you said, you didn't rep the actual team singlet. You rep the club singlet. What was no, going no, on? no. I, I ran on the team very briefly. Oh, that's right. All right, what happened? Very briefly. I tr- I was asked to try out. It's a long story, but <laughs> anyways, I came to be a manager. Was asked to try out had the race of my life in the tryout and actually came in 12th and top 12 made the team from the tryout. I got back to the field house and was politely told that <laughs> I beat too many people under scholarship and I could have first run at trying out next year. And uh, I wasn't good enough to run in college, let's be honest. <laughs> but I did have that good day race. And I think I made some mixed drinks that night of Coke and tequila. So, you know, <laughs> that was the end of my collegiate running career <laughs> until so I, I did win a keg senior year in a sorority 5k <laughs> by coming in seventh when i was bet i couldn't come in top 10 against the club team so <laughs> what what was uh what was the winning time of that 5k i did not win i came oh, in seventh, yeah, seventh and seventh. i ran 19 minutes <laughs> and i sweat a lot <laughs> i love these stories uh all right so that was the 400 hurdles that was the 400 hurdles. I mean, shout out to TJ Holmes for finishing second. That's right. I remember that kid because uh, I was at the Florida Relays, I think, in like 2013, and he was in high school and was just a standout star there, and he's kept it going. He, I think, ran at uh, Florida, and now is at, uh, now is a pro. Yeah, and then Khalifa Rosser unattached at third, and then, of course, the homie, Brashawn Batman Jackson, With the Batman training career. at St. Augs in Raleigh, North Carolina, finishing fourth. So you want to – Quick plug here, I guess, for the Summer of Miles podcast. It's uh, Raleigh's number one running podcast. You couldn't be more right there, Chris. <laughs> Thank you for pumping it. Summer of Miles, you can find it on every podcast platform. Is, we it on, is it on Spotify? I don't think it's on Spotify. <laughs> We're not on Spotify. We're having a hard it's time. On, it's on iTunes. <laughs> it's on uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Yeah, if you go to summeromiles.com, you can find places to listen to it, but not Spotify yet until after this one drops. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, Michelob Ultra, women's 1,500-meter final. Give me your thoughts on Michelob Ultra. Let, Pat is the beer snob of the Sidious Mag staff, and you actually have written about Michelob Ultra on our website <laughs> because you saw the commercial with Shalane and then gave your hot takes on that. <laughs> hey, if somebody is giving me free beer or a check to drink their beer, I'm taking it. I mean, and I'm not giving it back. Uh, doesn't mean you have to love it, but uh, free beer is good. Money for representing a beer is good. Not the tastiest beer in the world, but, you know, I, I'm not going to hate on it. I'm doing the keto diet right now. That's probably as close as I could get to drinking that, but not tonight. We're going to have some of uh, <laughs> Iowa's finest. What is the best Iowa beer you've had so far? Well, I can't say I've had one since I was here in t- since 2013 in, in Cortland Ave, I think, yeah. is what we had. There's a couple other ones I forget, but I hear Peace Tree is one of the hot ones right now, so I'm looking forward to getting one of those. All right, so... Women's 1,500-meter final. Yes. It was a battle. Bunched we up. Okay, we were sitting in the stands, and right before the race, we said, all right, give us your top three. Run it through. 
And I said, Jenny, Shelby, Kate Grace. And I my reasoning was Jenny wasn't going to let, you know, Shelby beat her again because this is a final. She's it's a, it, she she's marked her territory in this event already. And it's this is a new. She's good. Yeah. So then Shelby comes around and just beats her in the last, what, 50 pretty much? What was your vantage point of the of that? Yeah, I think, I mean, again, like pre, Jenny let Shelby sort of be the hunter. And, you know, we don't see Jenny make many tactical errors. But I think because Kate made that big move, Jenny felt like she had to go get her. And as a result, Shelby is able to come from behind again. Um, I'd be interested, you know, as they race again over the course of the summer, if Jenny kind of sits on Shelby's shoulder and tries to get some revenge that way. Because I think they are probably pretty close to even in fitness levels, just how the race has played out the last two times. Yeah, if Jenny thought she was going to have an easy year with Shannon Roberry having a child, she thought wrong. <laughs> that scintillating last lap of 57 and change. Faster than Hot dog. what Ryan Sterner ran for his Open 400. He ran 58.5, and Shelby, after the, in her last lap of a 1500, throws down a 57. They 16. were flying. It was fun to watch that that last little bit. Not only from them, but the whole field. That whole race was exciting. They were bunched up until you know the last 400 or so. The entire field. I didn't even notice the fall that happened. We were sitting. Yeah, we, from our vantage point, we couldn't even see that. But that took Brenda out of the race. Yeah, it looked like with 200 to go, uh, Brenda and uh, Lauren Johnson kind of tangled up. And Johnson went down pretty hard, and Brenda did as well. I think Lauren got up and finished, and Brenda was a DNF. And we didn't see them come through, so didn't really get to hear what happened there. But it was, uh, yeah, unfortunate whenever you see that. And Brenda's been involved in a couple of those crazy incidents. She threw an elbow earlier in that race that I said to Pat. I was like, Pat, did you see that? that yeah, was I think it was to Jenny, <laughs> too, right? No, no, no. Oh, it was no? to one of the uh, oh, okay. other athletes okay. uh, who I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, it was an aggressive move. Nicole, n- knowing Shelby from over the years, this doesn't surprise you how good she is, right? No, I keep getting annoyed when people are like, who's Shelby Hooter? <laughs> I got mad at some people back there in the press room that were like, where did she go to school? Did she go to Arkansas? And I was like, damn it. Like, no. <laughs> I think you guys heard me be kind of rude back yeah. to them. Um, I I think she just likes the sport that much, and she's just that hungry. Um, I did hear they were asking Jenny about the rivalry again. I'm like, did you do the rivalry? And she's trying to politely be like, I've been running this well a lot longer than her. I've had other rivalries. Can we? No, I think maybe at the press being like, come on. Whatever. But, yeah. It's, it. I mean, I, I think we do need rivalries, though. Like, I, as, as much as you can downplay it, we don't, all ha- we don't have to all be friends. I mean, it, we can push this narrative of, you know, old school versus new school it was almost going to happen in the 100 before mike rogers you know pulled out in the semifinals but i i don't see it as a bad thing to have oh no i don't think she was denying it or anything i think she was mostly being like i've had other rivals so i don't know if this is like the one so i would say probably her and shannon is like the the one in their peak this is a fun hypothetical question in their peak, Jenny Simpson versus Shannon Robery versus Shelby, who might not even be at her peak right now. Uh, who wins that race? It's got to be, I think, Jenny still, right? Probably. Or, I mean, she isn't the American record holder, so, which is still crazy to me. What if yeah. she says she's a winner coming out? What was that, 
Susie Favor Hamilton, maybe even Regina Jacobs. That's a fast five. I don't know if you can throw Regina Jacobs in there. Give me your top five. Well, Regina Jacobs might take the win, but of course later on it would be withdrawn from her for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sure she's nice, but she did get busted for juicing it out. So, anyways, I would say out of those, if you have to take them, it's hard to really say with Shelby because she is coming into her own right now. She looks great. I think uh, Jenny has obviously proved it with with some gold medal winnings. Shannon, I, I would s- still say Shannon. I think uh, in the in the five k, I think. She's a little stronger at that, even though she's certainly beaten Jenny plenty. But Susie's strong, too? I don't know. I would say Jenny, Susie, Shelby, Shannon, Regina Jacobs. DQ. DQ. (laughs) Two years later. You guys. Yeah, yeah, Regina Jacobs, FTW, and then has to give the medal back. And then they present it to her at Des Moines 2025. (laughs) You got a great photo with uh, the Susie Favorite Hamilton plaque today. I was a big fan of her. Still am. Great runner. A lot of fun. Real gutsy. Did any race like from her career really stick out to you as kind of like, you know what, that's that's my favorite race by her? She just always looked like she was giving it her all. She always had like a grimacing look on her face, and it was kind of like how Todd Williams was, just earned every little bit that she got out of herself. So, you know, go Susie. Uh, we've got Ryan Sterner popping in over here because we're recording this track side ryan what was uh your favorite event to shoot you've been taking photos all weekend um it's kind of hard because i think when you're out there taking pictures you're not really watching the race at all so you don't know what happened but uh the 1500 was the women's 1500 was probably really the only race that sticks out in my memory um you could kind of feel the crowd in that one. Um, they were Shelby Hulahan from Iowa. I mean, the, the hometown girl, you know, thundering down the stretch. So I think that's always fun. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with that one, you could definitely more more just feel the race. And I kind of put down the camera for a second. I was like, what's happening? And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was great. So I definitely, women's 15. Did you get soaked or anything during the steeplechase? Did I get soaked? Yeah. Uh, no. Did no, you get any clo- uh, close to the water? What, they kind of they make it. They don't. Th- there's a splash zone that they don't really let you enter. Really? There's uh, the people with those weird sponge mops that they're they're making sure all the water. It's pretty precious out here in uh, <laughs> Des Moines, so uh, they they don't want to refill it. They got to sponge it all back into into the pit. So they're making sure none of it lands on us, and all of it makes it back into the the water pit. And that was Sterner 60. It's a new segment on the podcast. We give him 60 seconds, and he gives us his thoughts on the meet. Uh, actually, first off, Ryan, real quick before you go, you uh, ran 58.5 for the 400 in Sterner versus 60, so you broke 60. And Shelby Houlihan ran 57.6 or something like that today. Your thoughts? My thoughts in, in terms of what? <laughs> Like now, instead of breaking 60, it should be, or is it more of a question like, what do you think of her last lap? Yeah, what do you think of her last lap? lap. It was unbelievable. And in terms of how it compares to yours? There is no comparison. She's a a pro. I am a, A I don't know, a soft boy. And uh, she would dust me any day of the week. I would love to see that. I want to see that. I mean, it wouldn't be fun because... We should make it happen. I bet she could probably crush 
53? A 53 just casual? Mm, yeah. I think sure. so, too. And uh, the 58.5 is the fastest that I will ever move my body ever again. <laughs> I, I can honestly say 28 years old, that's the peak, and I'm, it's, it's a slow descent <laughs> until my grave. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for joining us for real quick. Bye-bye. Uh, <laughs> we've got 400s to run, to, uh, run through. Um, yeah, so Liao or Pat, what are you guys' thoughts on the uh, the 400? I did actually didn't catch these races. Where was I for that? Well, I think the women's four stood out. I mean, um, it would have been so it was awesome to see Sydney McLaughlin in this yeah. race. Didn't happen. Sad. Unfortunately, unfortunately not. But um, you know, we had a world leader in the. Uh, I mean, 49.5 is quick. Fast. Um, by Wembley, and so. And the men's race? How did that one pan out? Beard. I'm trying to think. How did the men's race pan out? See, that's another one that was kind of lacking. No Fred Curley. No uh, no LaShawn Merritt. So it's like the juice is out. Yeah, you had a college guy. Um, Kamari, and Michael Norman. Montgomery. Oh, okay. Yeah, that guy's actually Ooh, legit. Like, what he ran like 43-something at the Penn Relays. Kyle Klasinski got a great photo of him and actually tweeted about but him. He w- I mean, he was like fourth or fifth at NCAAs and comes here and wins. And yeah, so you're that, kind of overshadowed pretty, by a Michael Norman. Yeah, and so that that's kind of the... Special part about an off-year championship U.S. champs, where you know NCs sometimes will be more loaded than the USAs, which is you know sometimes strange, but um, it happens. Michael Norman, actually, we got a chance to talk to him today. Kevin, you were there for for that interview. Uh, it was actually very funny. He says he doesn't eat any sort of junk food or ice cream or pizza at all for during s- his season, and so I guess like when he starts training. Um, so he's really looking forward to having an ice cream sandwich. He actually tweeted at Sidious Mag a photo of the sandwich. We thought it was pretty thick yeah. with three C's. Uh, and uh, Kevin. Was it a brown cow version or the normal? No, he said it was a place in Big Bear. Yeah. Um, so we got to check this out. I mean, we'll, you we'll, might have to go. We're on the food beat this week with Olive Garden with um, right. with ice cream Send sandwiches. We'll, Send get, we'll be getting to that in the next race. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, and you also asked him the question about the 300. Yeah, I mean, against I, Noah Lyles. yeah, this so I asked Noah this a couple of days ago too, and I think Norman is obviously more of a strength guy. He doesn't quite have the wheels that Noah Lyle does, and so I think he'd really need to stretch it out and, um, you know, make Noah really work for that three hundred. I actually ran into Sterner was with me. Ran into Noah Lyles in the hallway. Literally, people are just walking past this guy. He did say he got stopped a couple times, but it is like pretty interesting. Yeah. The world's fastest guy. Just hanging out in the just hallway. Just hanging out in the concourse. Yep. Just, just no Shooting one's bothering shit. him. Yeah. yeah. Like if it was Usain Bolt, people would obviously be stopping. But right. um, no, it's just he's really down to earth. And he actually watched the video that we posted up about the, uh, the three hundred. And he said, "Yeah, I guess like we both gave very similar answers, and it would be really cool to They're see." They're very that. cordial. I, I was hoping one of them would talk some more smack, but I think they like we each other. We need them to so. get feistier. We I need know. to do something. Start some rumors. Something. <laughs> we got to do it. Pat, how would you go about starting a rivalry with two people who are not willingly in a rivalry? I mean, do, do you get up. girlfriends or spouses involved or fashion? I, I think you have to go after somebody's fashion takes. Oh, yeah, fashion. Fashion yeah. could work because Noah Lyles does, like, the socks and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, Michael Norman hasn't signed with a sponsor yet, so if he, say, goes with Nike, then you could have some old No free ads. Come on. 
use code Nike4 <laughs> if you want him to go with Nike, or Adidas62 if you want Adidas. Just text it to, and then I'll drop Leah's number in here in, in the edit. Um, in the show notes. In the show notes. Uh, all right, so let's move on away from the 400s. We've got the men's 1500. We'll, uh, well, actually, real quick, women's 100 hurdles, because we'll just run through this real fast. No major surprise there. Kenny Harrison yeah. ran away with it. Clayton, North Carolina's finest. Okay. And yeah, it was it flow knows it's working. That was a big success for him. I guess that gets his own. Well, Corey Carter didn't make the final. She made the final. But she did. She was like sixth. Yeah. All right. So it's Jordan. Jordan Brand. Yeah, it's a good showing for Team Flow. Use promo code. No, we're not using <laughs> promo codes anymore. Um, Joke man. So that was that was and, and worth noting. Don Harper Nelson. Oh, her that's fi- right. Her final U.S. Championships. Uh, she ended up fifth. Wasn't. Uh, had a decent start, but towards the second half of the race, kind of fell out of it. Um, but you know, it was that's not the un- final race of her career. She told right. us that she's gonna run a couple diamond leagues or yeah. all that stuff. Why but this is her. What's that? Jasmine Stowers DNS. I uh, don't know. Pet Price asking the hard hitting questions here. I don't know. I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Reply ask Jasmine. Cityasmag at gmail dot com <laughs> with tips. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, la- final race. We'll run through because this thing is uh, almost. We're 25 minutes in. We can go another five more minutes. Um, the men's 1,500-meter final, uh, it, it was talked about it in by Matt Centrowitz in his interviews after with the, with the media. He just said that, like, someone brought up the fact that he is just never in a bad position uh, with 300 meters to go, and it was true. And it seemed like very early on in the race, Centrowitz was just in control and was leading. Pat, you turned to me and said, like, this looks like the real Olympic final because he was just slowing it down from the front. Yeah, they shot out and ran, you know, probably under 14 seconds for that first 100, then immediately slowed down, and nobody would pass Centro until they got to about that last 400. He just kind of led the way, and, and by the time they'd gotten to that point, they'd been running 63s, and good luck meet, beating a guy who ran a 50-point in the Olympic final to take gold. You're probably not going to beat him. Um. I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but it seemed like, too, when he was talking to everybody in the press room or whatever it's called, um, that he kind of was just being like, well, you know, I was kind of like screwing around, sort of. You know, I just got sick of wasting my time with these races, so now I'm going to be serious. He said it differently, but is that also what you heard, too? Yeah, I got that vibe, too. Uh, that was uh, w- The main question I have with him is pretty much like we talk about all these runners sometimes as like if you're a 1,500-meter guy – at some point in your career, you're gonna you're gonna move up and become the 5K guy, and we it doesn't always work because we did try doing that with I guess like Alan Webb, and that didn't pan out as well as many people would have hoped. And it's like Centrowitz is at this point of his career where he's accomplished so much in the 1500 that maybe it's time to move up to the 5K. But <laughs> if you keep winning, what's the point of moving up? Well, Just it kind of sound like I've misaccomplished, and now I'm gonna like all the way serious yeah <laughs> it's kind of like i'm gonna move up my commitment in a different way like yeah it's yeah i don't i'm i'm excited to see what he could probably do with like a full season of focusing on the 5k it's it kind of guess would be doable to do here because shelby is doing it mm-hmm. um but yeah i guess pat d- there was a point where drew hunter like almost tried to take a lead he was like running in lane three for a bit and Drew Hunter, shout out. You can catch the previous episode of this podcast is a talk with the Tin Man Elite Group. Drew had some very funny answers to some questions there. Uh, it was about an hour long. So 
You can listen to that at any point. But we tossed up the episode today. So today's a double episode day. Never done that before. Um, but yeah. Double what, down. What'd you make of uh, Drew Hunter's move? I guess it was who surprised you? Craig Engels was running in the back for a bit. North Carolina boy. You had your eyes on him. Puff Town. And uh, he, <laughs> I just love this. Uh, he was, yeah, all the way in the back with Centrowitz. It is. It did end up being uh, Engels, who was the Oregon Project teammate who went with Centrowitz. It was Jenkins, who yeah. those two were battling out for a bit. Sure, yeah. It, it was certainly a, a big lump of guys there with, I guess, 700 or 800 to go. Uh, Drew was the first one to make that move, and they were yo-yoing all over the place. But that last lap, I, I tweeted out earlier, but the top 10 was between .85 seconds of each other. With, uh, of course, Centro taking the win, Eric Jenkins coming in second, or excuse me, Isaac York's coming in second, and then um, Eric Jenkins coming in third. And, you know, Jenkins has been looking great. He did say after the race that he will be sticking with the 5K, uh, even though he has run s- some good miles. So it was just throw a blanket over all those guys com- coming down the finish. Everybody thinks they're the best kicker, and they all were, you know, 53 high, 54 low in that last quarter, which is moving. Give us the culinary scoop. What was going on with uh, this restaurant talk that we had in the mix zone? So apparently there's a restaurant named Centro in Des Moines, pronounced Chintro. And they went last night. We're told they don't do reservations or big groups, but we tweeted at them. I know last night uh, Sidious got the hookup for Courtney Ferricks at the Olive Garden. So hopefully that pull. They're, they're dialing in, getting the tablecloths out, getting it ready for, for Matt Centrowitz and family tonight. Pat Price, ESPN. That sounded, <laughs> that sounded so great. It's like you had rehearsed that <laughs> just for a TV spot. There's a reason why the Summer Miles podcast <laughs> is the number one running podcast in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. Love it. Shout out to my co-host, Sandy Roberts. Uh, Leo, anything major surprise you about that 1500? I think, I mean, Isaac York's coming in second. He's a guy who we never really thought of as a kicker, never was able to, you know, win an NCAA title. Um, And he was sort of right there in third with 200 to go and held his position all the way to the finish. That was fairly surprising to me. It says a lot about how he's progressed as an athlete. And we noticed in his Twitter bio it says apparently a track athlete. I think it's time to confirm that. Can you confirm? Uh, I can confirm. There you go. Kevin Liao, ESPN. (laughs) Uh, so I guess that does it for, or yeah, that does it for day three of the U.S. Outdoor Championships from Des Moines. Uh, Pat, do you have any last words for our listeners? Thank you for listening, Sidious folks. If you like what you hear today, tune in to the Summer Miles podcast dropping every <laughs> Friday, and also come check out the Sir Walter Miles. That's right. Friday, I was August give you a third, couple. Raleigh, North Carolina. Yep. It's gonna be hot. Give us some details. Uh, you're out here. No, no spoilers or no, no surprises just yet. I guess unless you want to uh, announce any sort of athletes who are going to be running. But uh, what can we expect this year at the Sir Walter Mile? It's a, it's a city smag favorite. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a lot more of the same. We've got something that works well. We have a pre-party over at Raleigh Brewing. Beforehand, we have a special beer being made by Raleigh Brewing and by Wicked Weed that is going to be called run for El Dorado. You can wow. look that up to see what that means, but if you figure it out, let us know. Um, <laughs> then, of course, we'll have the races. The Run Club relays are huge that night. Give me a lot of pulled hammies. We're going to have a special race we hadn't announced yet. So last year, we did the Sidious Mag. Gene Mile had a female world record. Heather Wilson, 458. Pretty nice. And, of course, we'll have big elite uh, men's and women's miles. Record holder for the women, Lauren Johnson, 425. Kyle Marber, 354 for the men. 
We've had 26 sub fours in the past four years, and we've had six sub four thirties on the women's side. It's a night race. The next day, we have a group run at Umstead Park with all the pros. It is a lot of fun. You could watch it on Flow Track, but you might you might as well just come to Raleigh. Yeah, uh, the <clears throat> it could be like a little. It's a great runcation for uh, someone who is a uh, track and field nut. We've had people take their honeymoons. I hear Mr. Kevin Leal is coming this year. Uh, always a Sidious friendly event. A lot of running coaches show up there. So if you want to get noticed. So how many sub fours were there in North Carolina before? Sir Walter. The first sub four we had, it's Sir Walter one. We had three that year, which uh, Ford Palmer led the way in th- 357. Mm. Second was Donnie Cowart, 358. Isaac Preston, 359. The f- previous sub four there was 40 years earlier, 1974. Wow. So, was there? A, so there's a there was probably only a handful before that, right? Probably only a handful. So it's fair to say that we have the most sub fours in North Carolina history. Nice. What polo shirt are you wearing right now? You're 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 talking about the polos that you're wearing. Yes. You have some great the polo shirts uh, that are going to be on display there. I'm giving you all this free ads. I appreciate this, Chris. Yeah. No, it is not Patagonia, Kevin. Kevin, we're living in a dream world right now. <laughs> Promo code. <laughs> Promo code Leo. Um, I am repping the post-run polo. If you haven't seen this yet, we created this for the Portland Track Festival. Go check it out online, postrun.biz. We had that Portland edition. We got our own special editions coming out this week, three new colors. So get over there, postrun.biz. The perfect shirt after a run with your friends when you're sweaty AF <laughs> and you're about to get a beer. Don't be sweaty, guy. <laughs> Put the singlet in your trunk. Put on a post-run polo. <laughs> I need to get my hands on one of those. We can make that happen. Yeah, it's going to be the me undies of uh, the running podcast. <laughs> 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 All right, that's it. We've kept you guys for long enough. Uh, day three in the books. We'll be back day four tomorrow. Last final day, right? Uh, I'm getting so... Unless we have a runoff on day five. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that does it. Ask Jenaba. Uh, I've been your host, Chris Chavez, joined by Nicole Bush, Pat Price, Kevin Liao, uh, wishing you some happy and healthy running. <laughs>